I want to say a real quick thank you to Patchwork Seattle, our lovely synth shop here in the Northwest, for their continued support of Podular Modcast. Please visit them online at patchwerks.com. That's patchworks.com. This week's episode of Podular Modcast is brought to you by Novation's Circuit Rhythm, which is a versatile sampler for making and performing beats. You can record samples directly into the hardware, then slice, sculpt, and resample your sounds effortlessly. Capture your groove quantized or off-grid into the sequencer, and layer up across eight sample tracks. You can invigorate your live set with performance effects, embrace imperfection with the lo-fi tape, study your mix with beat repeat, and much more. Integrate your circuit rhythm into your studio or unplug and create anywhere utilizing the built-in rechargeable battery. You know that last part is uh, is really, really important to me. I've been on some road trips over the last year and a half, and while it was my wife's turn to drive, I had the circuit rhythm in my lap, and I was creating beats, um, and just, yeah, so much fun. It's so intuitive. Uh, it's really fun to perform on, and another thing I love about it is it can send and receive some CV signals for clock, so you can sync it with your Eurorack system. So uh, yeah, it's kind of a no-brainer for the price and the power. I don't know of a sampler out there that is uh, more fun or more easy to hit the ground running with. So if this sounds at all interesting to you, please head over to NovationMusic.com to learn more about the Circuit Rhythm and their other great products. Let's get into the show. One second before we get into this episode, uh, let's let's play with the XPO. Yeah, I just got an XPO and I made this patch with it. Let's go. Okay, so yeah, this is the first patch that I made with the XPO, having a lot of fun with it. Um, I'm leaving for vacation tomorrow, and uh, it's actually Saturday right now. It doesn't matter. I don't have time to get together a full uh, demo right now, um, but I'm going to bring it with me on my camping trip, and you best believe I'm going to be having fun with it. Um, but yeah, if you're not aware, the XPO is the new uh, stereo prismatic oscillator from Make Noise. And uh, yeah, it is just absolutely bonkers. Um, so I think I'm just gonna use this this little patch here as a teaser. I, I basically recorded a bunch of different takes and I've, I've kind of uh, just spliced together all the my favorite parts of the multiple takes here and that's what I'm talking over right now. Uh, so yeah, be on the lookout for the new Stereo Prismatic Oscillator or XPO from Make Noise. Um, and also I'm going to be doing some more in-depth demo type stuff on the show with it. Um, but yeah, before we get into this episode, this is like a real oscillator heavy episode because we have uh, Lenny from After Later Audio on to talk about the new Coco series, our create your own complex oscillator. But before we get into that, uh, just got a little bit of quick business. Want to give you a friendly reminder about the Waveform PDX event that's coming up in October, October 16th. Um, 
I'm going to be doing a live podcast, which I'm very, very excited uh, about. I'm also going to be playing a show the night before in Portland uh, for the Inversion Waveform uh basically like a pre-party for waveform which uh, we talked all about last week um link in the show description i'm super super pumped to be playing with rica camino acid and more to be announced so yeah if you're going to be in the portland area please please check that out like i said i'm going on vacation i have to get ready i'm not ready yet i don't have time to to do much more than this this here intro so uh yeah why don't we get into this chat with Lenny from After Later Audio, and then at the end I'll play a long version uh, without me talking over it, uh, this, this cool patch that I made with the uh, XPO. Lenny, thank you for uh, making time to speak with me. Um, <laughs> uh, you... You are in, you are not in Washington. I was I wanted I thought that today we would sit out on the back porch and maybe smoke a cigar and do this in person since I work at your house twice a week. But yeah, you're out of town, so weird timing. But uh, yeah, thanks for making the time. We have eleven things to talk about today, but I'm gonna make it about me first because um, I'm sure the the audience is just so curious to know what's it like to have Tim as an employee at your your modular company. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, well, first, thanks for having me on the show. Um, of course. And uh, yeah, it would have been uh, good to be smoking a cigar on the back porch right now. Um, I'll be smoking a <laughs> cigar later tonight. It'll be on the porch of a hotel in Chesterton, Indiana, however. Oh, nice. uh, anyways, uh, uh, to your question, what's it been like having you as an employee? Uh, it's been great having some additional modular knowledge around the shop. Um, uh, because, uh, previously it was really, uh, mainly, um, my wife and I, my wife's great, um, on the business side of, um, managing, interacting with retailers and all the, all the accounting and all, all the, all the business stuff, but, um, hasn't really been a great collaborator as far as module development. <laughs> uh, um, and so it's been, it, it, it's, it's been great, um, having somebody additional to work with, having another mind, um, uh, another set of eyes, uh, just kind of look over, review, discuss, brainstorm. Uh, it, it's been absolutely great. Yeah, it's that's that's awesome. It's been a great. Um, hold on a second. Is it still recording? Okay, yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, it's been awesome for me because I've learned so much about uh, about modular. I feel like I'm a better. Uh, synthesis and I also just like understand I mean I still can't like draw circuits or really understand what I'm looking at too much when I'm looking at circuits but um, you know hopefully in good time but yeah it's been really fun to, yeah. to collaborate and stuff um, it's quite it's, a boost of confidence to have somebody as smart as you asking me what I think about your designs and then actually taking into consideration what I say about it <laughs> <laughs> It's all smoke and mirrors, man. It's all smoke and mirrors. No, but it, it's, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll certainly get you, uh, we'll, we'll get progress on the circuit side. Um, it certainly takes uh, first getting all that kind of confidence around how all the all the parts of uh, synthesis and then moving into the circuits um, is really just kind of yeah. starting to substitute what those things are. But anyways, um, yeah, it's been, uh, um, it's it's been a big fun. It's also been great having the, um, uh, Brian at Robots to Write helping out as well. 
uh, doing, mm-hmm. um, helping out with all this kind of fancy 3D rendering stuff that we get to now start to show everybody, which I think uh, just started to post um, today. And certainly when this is uh, released on Friday, you'll start to see more um, of, of the content that uh, he, he's been putting together for us. It's been good. Yeah, yeah. His uh, his design work has been awesome. And that's a good segue into one of the primary things we want to talk about today. Um, but he did the design for the uh, the new Mutable Instrument Classic series, right? Yeah, it um, uh, started um, as a, a random conversation over... Uh, um, over WhatsApp, where he was asking if uh, had had any interest in having him do panel work, and I had just decided to do that MIC line. So this is you know doing direct uh, clones of all the stuff that Mutables uh, put out of um, manufacturing uh, that have a have a pretty high demand. Um, I had just made the decision to uh, uh, go ahead and uh, try to fill some of that market. So um, I sent over essentially a whole bunch of panel files to him, and it was like, it, I don't know, it was probably a few days, but it felt like a few hours in Lenny time. Um, and uh, he had dropped over a whole bunch of just different ideas, and we quickly uh, landed on one, and he came up with a whole design spec, and um, it's been, uh, uh, was great, because uh, it really kind of puts those puts those modules, um, especially combined with the new knobs, uh, I think it kind of puts it at the, the gives, gives us a new look and kind of helps bring together the kind of standard after later black and gold with that, uh, red, um, red, silver, green look, um, that, uh, mutable has. So that was the intent behind it at least. Yeah. I really like the way that you guys figured out how to, um, kind of separate them from everything else that we do at after later, you know, make them their own kind of thing and um, also pay homage to the original designs in that way. Um, And a lot of people have been asking like, why don't you just call them clouds, marbles or whatever? Um, Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. It's part of um, Emily's license agreement that she has posted uh, on her GitHub uh, is the request uh, to not use her product naming in any way. Uh, the intent to be to avoid any confusion around warranty or manufacturing um, the, that, you know, this isn't a product uh, that Mutable is backing or that Mutable uh, has manufactured. Um, and so we've uh, just been trying to honor that um, with, you know, choosing names that are similar, uh, trying to stay, stay true to that, uh, um, uh, I don't know, kind of unofficial uh, naming process where you name it something close. Um, <laughs> it's it, it makes it fun. I think it does at least. Um, it's you know you've got to be careful and still be tasteful about it. Um, you don't want to uh, get get too corny with it. Uh, but I think uh, uh, Brian, I think, is ended up doing most of the naming. I think I had sent over some draft names, but I think he ended up changing most of them. Um, and uh, I think I, I, I think it, it's it it splits that line of, you know, being interesting and, um, still tasteful, but you can still tell what the module is. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to stick in the weeds too much on, on this, but there's always some, some people come chiming in about clones and is this okay? And does, you know, do the people know? Um, but I just like, we, we have, 
we have contact with anyone that we do clones uh, of their modules and have their blessing, right? Uh, yeah, so I, I haven't re honestly reached out to Emily in a while, um, but it was uh, back uh, when I was doing, I don't know, there was a handful, um, and effectively it was, yeah, just follow these best practices, um, which is, you know, around naming and et cetera. Um, and so we've just uh, been continuously uh, following that guidance um, and just trying to uh, ensure that um, we do everything uh, that they're looking for us to do. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, as far as the, the Mutable Instruments Classics series goes, what do we have to look forward to and like timeline wise and module wise? Yeah, so uh, we're starting um, with uh, dice, uh, which is marbles, and uh, resonate, which is rings, and then cumulus, which is clouds. Um, we're starting with those three. This is purely just how manufacturing has worked out. Um, and also, those are things that I had previously done runs on. So I had all I, I, I had done uh, all of the. Um, um, uh, design for manufacturing work had all been done already on those, so they were a lot quicker to turn around. Um, but then, uh, so those uh, will be releasing um, on uh, Friday. I don't know, when, when is this coming out? This comes out on Monday. So the, yeah, so this will be out the Friday after this is released, those first three. The 23rd, um, yeah. Yeah, 23rd. And then the... Um, uh, additional modules will be, see if I can do this from memory, uh, we have warps, which I believe we called fuse, did I get that right? Yes. Uh, and then uh, we have razor, um, which I've already gotten the samples back for, so we've gotten to play with that, um, and that is that's uh, the blades equivalent. It's a pretty small run. Uh, price uh, will be aligned with the mutable price on that uh, for this first batch, only because the chips were pretty hard to find. Uh, so I had to pay a little bit of a premium on those. Um, but um, the uh, we were still at least able to get it into manufacturing, and I figured it'll be better than the thousand dollars or whatever folks are charging for it now uh, in a in a used market. Um, Okay. And then um, after that, uh, help me out, Tim. What else do we have? Um, we have a, uh, a, a, what are we calling the ripples? Uh, waves. waves, right. Waves, waves um, is a... which is, yeah, the direct uh, replica of Ripples V2. Um, and uh, that should be... Both that and Razor should still come out uh, probably within the next month, six weeks time period, um, along with Fuse as well uh, for the, the, the Warps clone um, should uh, be able to make it out uh, pretty soon here. Um, right on. And sorry, then Monocle? Monocle, which isn't really a direct uh, clone, but I didn't want to do a full-size blinds, um, and so I, I put Monocle in this MIC line, uh, but it is half a blinds, um, and um, it also has the daisy chaining on the back in the same way our DDCA does. Um, so you can mm -hmm. actually either daisy chain the different monocles together, or you can do uh, half DVCA, half... Uh, 
monocle or daisy chain, however you want there. Um, so you get the oh nice. Um, uh, you get some kind of added flexibility there. I guess. Um, I, I think that's it, right? Uh, that uh. is oh, and Pixie, Pixie is Platts. So Platts is still in manufacturing from Mutable. Um, so uh, we won't release anything if she's still planning on selling some. Uh, we will definitely hold back. Um, but um, assuming that that goes, I think Waves is in the same situation or uh, Ripples. Um, so as soon as um, she is done with the manufacturing on those, we'll probably have those out either towards the end of Q4 or if she still uh, has a batch waiting, um, it might be into, into Q1 or next year. Yeah. And, uh, and the reason we wait, just to be clear for the audience, like, well, if you have these like miniature versions or whatever, that are already released. Why wait until Emily's done? Uh, yeah. um, it's because of the one-to-one -one nature of them. Yeah, exactly. Don't want to do anything that's direct competition. Um, I mean, the while the functionality is the same, right, even between Knit and Beehive, there's still different footprints and different people like them. Um, and so uh, we, we, we definitely try to avoid uh, that direct competition based on form factor, et cetera. Um, also don't want to, yeah, anyways. So we'll, we'll, we'll certainly uh, hold back uh, until Emily's uh, done her full run that she wants to do with the products, and then we'll uh, fill in the market from there. Yeah, I'm, I'm, real, I'm just excited about this. Like, honestly, the thing I'm most excited about um, – and, and this is going to sound like, like, uh, posturing or maybe like genuflection in, uh, for, I don't know, I'm, I'm explaining myself and I don't need to, but people like the people gouging on these, knowing that they're not going to be like in production anymore, people going on reverb and selling these things for, you know, a thousand dollars for a module that should cost $300. Um, so I'm happy that we're going to have a hand in kind of like creating a way for people to still get these these pieces of gear that they want without having to pay these these scalpers yeah and i i i certainly understand people filling in uh opportunity costs right i mean they're 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 willing to give up their opportunity to play with the module for a certain price um so i can certainly uh understand people wanting to do that and get maximize their uh a pocketbook but we're, we're certainly uh, trying to make these things as uh, affordable as we can. Um, I feel mm -hmm. bad about having to charge the prices that I'm charging, considering we didn't have the the, the development costs right that Emily had uh, to put into it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, just I just want everybody to understand that I am I'm, I'm I'm fully aware of that, and we will look to continuously be better on pricing. Uh, we just again for this first round um, had to pay a bit of a a bit of a ransom fee ourselves uh, in order to free up the mm -hmm. chips um, off the secondary market. So um, we are uh, um, glad we we're able to do it. It was at a de decent enough price to where we could make economic sense out of selling the product. So um, that's what you'll get. Hopefully in the next round, um, I've come up with some ways uh, going forward to be able to lower the costs where we can use uh, the same uh, quality chips um, and just uh, um, kind of change the design around very slightly. Um, and uh, we can, uh, uh, I think, make these available at a much more affordable price. So hopefully you'll see that sometime yeah. towards the end of 2023. It'll be a while. Uh, all, all this manufacturing stuff takes time. So Yeah, and I think, I think everybody just 
that knows about electronics and buying electronics right now understands that things are a little bit more expensive because of the the great ship chip shortage. I, I'll, I'll offer my editorial on that uh, for a moment here <laughs> is that it's actually starting to clear up um, almost universally um, except for um, some pockets um, where I will say um, I, I seriously question the leadership of some of these companies um, and their ability uh, to keep uh, certain very popular lines in stock. Um, I, I, I'm, I've, uh, I'm com- surprised uh, given where we're at and how long this has been going on uh, that we're still seeing um, some very popular STM32 chips as an example um, that people are able to make one for one knockoff copies of and maintain stock on them, but ST Micro can't figure out how to manufacture the chip uh, in a good enough volume uh, to uh, maintain their customers' uh, requirements. So um, it's um, uh, I'm I'm hoping that uh, 2023 finally sees the end uh, of all this nonsense. That's my hope. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Now this is this is what I'm most excited to talk about is uh, cocoa the create your own complex oscillator series, which as of the day of recording this, we just announced it finally. Um, and people seem to be pretty excited about it, but, uh, can you explain what that is? Yeah. So, uh, Coco is, uh, yet the, the create your own complex oscillator, which I decided was necessary because it was, um, it was either that or I was going to come, create a lot of complex oscillators, um, which uh, <laughs> isn't really the after later style, right? Because uh, complex oscillators are big, um, and I don't really like big modules because they require such a dedication um, of rack size, right? Of, of, you know, a certain percentage of your rack you have to allocate to this thing. Um, and I think that uh, leads to a lot of uh, recycling, unless it's, you know, kind of a central part of your of your sound. Um, mm-hmm. And so I always like, that's why you see a lot of our stuff is uh, super compact. Um, and the only way I felt like I could kind of maintain that uh, brand and still bring in a complex oscillator, which I really wanted to do, was to do this kind of build your own where the modules all function as standalone modules, uh, but then you can plug them in as expanders, right? So via ribbon cables on the back and you can get that goodness of a complex oscillator, which is all that kind of default patching. Um, Mm -hmm. So you don't have to be constantly changing stuff around. You get just plugging it in, putting it in your rack. um, You get a lot of fun straight, just playing with it. Um, Of course, everything is patchable um, on top of that. Um, so you can uh, change things up and um, uh, add some some goodness, you know, integrate it back in with the rack. Uh, but then uh, you can also change it up. Um, or if you have your performance case, you just need one more oscillator. You need, you know, a wavefold or whatever it is. And you just need one part of the complex oscillator. You can pull it out and bring it along with you in the performance case. Um, so that was kind of the idea behind the uh, create your own complex oscillator. Yeah, and it also kind of sticks along with something else that I is is very much part of your philosophy and not so much mine, which I just want to do a sidebar. One of the coolest things about uh, working with you is when I come up with my own designs, they aren't things that you would do because you don't like to make 
decisions for the user. So I feel like Coco oh, is yeah. great for that because like, yeah, that you can make it to where there's all these normal connections and it functions as one thing, but you don't have to. Um, and then you even went as far as putting jumpers on the back of a few of the modules to change the destination <laughs> of the normal connections. So you're like all about the actual idea of modular, which is funny because I feel like more and more as we get into Eurorack becoming more and more popular, I'm seeing people packing way more stuff into one thing. And it's kind of, even though I like it, it is very antithetical to the original idea of modular synthesis. I had forgotten about that. That was very much um, uh, is a part of how I like to design stuff is making everything patchable. Um, I think it was Ben that originally uh, pointed out the term to me, patch programmable, um, which uh -huh. I hadn't really realized until he had said that, that uh, that is very much uh, what I like to um, enable users to make all the choices um, and yeah, and try to avoid um, uh, fixed function uh, or um, uh, fixed routing uh, to make everything so that uh, folks can change things up as they need to. Um, I felt uh -huh. like it. It's just. It's also. I think just how my brain works. Um, it's also. I think probably the original kind of software interface. Um, I like to like to um, um, expose as I, I, as much as I can as a public API uh, for those uh -huh. um, software developers out there. Anyways. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think Coco is a perfect perfect. Uh kind of marriage of being able to to offer something that people seem to really like um but then also stick with with that philosophy um i also want to note really quick that one of the cool things about coco is if you're using it in the full system you or as the full system you've got uh four different modules however you only need one power ribbon cable to your centerpiece module. And then there are jumpers on the back that go to the three different oscillators. So even though you're, if you're using it as a full system, um, it still operates in the way that a, a, a complex oscillator module would work in that it's not taking up all your power. So uh, first the, the, there's two oscillators. So there's kind of the main oscillator. And then what I, um, we'll call the smaller oscillator. So there's cascades, which is the, I think it's 10 HP. I don't remember. I don't really remember numbers. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, it is, um, a, a three zero oscillator, um, with variable wave shaping and, um, amplitude modulation, uh, sine cosine output, uh, as well, um, which is helpful for those interested in stereo, uh, where it'll give you some phasing effect, but you know, not, not phase cancellation, um, and, uh, but that's, um, kind of the main center, uh, um, oscillator. It's the main, the main beefy oscillator in the, in the system. Um, it has a corollary, which is a small little four HP oscillator, which is called Brooks. Um, that, um, again, through zero, uh, but is just kind of core functionality where you get, um, FM, um, uh, uh, Volt Proactive, and then you get kind of all, and you get sync um, and time reverse on it as well, um, which some people will call soft uh, soft sync. But soft sync has two different definitions, so I try to avoid it. Uh, try to avoid using that term. <laughs> uh, then it has the four standard waveforms uh, for output. Um, but then, so then that 
is while it's a fully capable oscillator, uh, because it's uh, 4 HP, um, it is um, also great as a modulation uh, uh, oscillator in the overall complex oscillator system. Um, so mm -hmm. it is um, uh, really great for helpful um, when you're trying to do um, uh, either modulating your original or then also doing chords as well, um, which we'll get to, I think, when we go through the control modules, or I'll, I'll talk more about that there. Mm -hmm. Have you seen any yeah, and just to, to, to well, I, the one thing I want to add to that is, um, well, Cascades, the bigger guy, has uh, an eight octave um, switch, so that's really fun. You can just go straight up and down, and then the uh, the Brooks, the smaller ones, they it has a sort of octave switch because it goes what uh, it's three different voltage ranges, so you can like click up and yeah. down, and then each both of the oscillators also have a switch that is from VCO to LFO. So as a complex oscillator, it's not just a great uh, sound source. It can also be like an insane modulation source. Like if you had the Coco series in your case, you could get away and not use it as a voice. You could get away with not having any more <laughs> modulation sources if you wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it, it is... It is uh, certainly good there. Yeah, I forget about the, the VCO LFO switch too on everything, which just because it's been the default that I've done since since one of the first modules with Bosk. Um, but yeah, it mm -hmm. uh, um, goes down fairly slow um, and then goes all the way up into, into that upper uh, kilohertz range. Um, I, I did want to mention too that those are, uh, for those um, uh, DIY, DIY folk out there, that these are based on uh, the... The uh, sound uh, semiconductors uh, twenty one thirty chip, um, which is the first time uh, we're working with this chip, um, and also want to thank Neil um, over at Sound Semiconductor because uh, he was a big help in kind of pushing through some of the earlier challenges uh, that I was having working with the chip um, and solving some of the manufacturing challenges that we ran into as well. Um, so they were uh, certainly great partners um, as far as uh, developing the skipment out there. Nice. Uh, I felt like I had one more thing. Oh, so um, in 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 the uh, the complex oscillator system, if you're using a full Coco, um, oscillators two and three would be both Brooks typically. So so even though it's three oscillators, two of them are identical. But you could, in theory, use three cascades, right? Yeah, you could, and that's what uh, when as we've been starting to share this system with more and more folks um, and explaining it to folks, I think uh, we're hearing that a lot of folks want to use Cascades as oscillators one and two, because the price difference between mm -hmm. the two isn't that much, and the the between Cascades and Brooks, it's really um, uh, about the the HP size, but because of that additional HP and Cascades, it can contain way more functionality. Uh, I. I think I ended up putting the Cascades at like 149, I think, um, and the Brooks is, uh, I don't know, somewhere like around 130, uh, maybe it's 140, I don't remember. So you can see the price difference isn't really huge, and you get a lot more functionality out of Cascades, but then you take up an additional 6 HP as well. So it'll, it'll all, mm -hmm. this is again, all coming down to the user. User can make choices now about how they want to build this up um, and decide uh, how to how to use things going forward, so. Okay. Yeah. I, I love that. Um, 
So let's talk about the two centerpiece modules. So Coco can have one of two different centerpiece modules. The two different control modules, um, they share being able to control tracking and sync information um, from oscillator one to oscillator two. So you can do tracking so that the tracking meaning you can send in your volt per octave into your um, oscillator one. And then you can essentially copy that same volt per octave over to oscillators two or oscillators two and three. Um, so that's uh, from a sync as well as volt per octave. You can send both of those. Um, and again, this is with no patching. So you can just essentially patch your volt per octave uh, signal from your sequence, from what whatever step control voltage that you have going in there. Um, and then uh, get really high precision copies of that um, sent directly over to these other um, uh, to the other oscillators. Um, so that's what those all share. Mm -hmm. But then the two where, where these start to separate in in functionality is that Canyon, as you mentioned, is the subharmonics generator. So it'll generate lower, slower sounds. You can think of it as a as a clock divider almost. Um, and then um, the um, valley is the upper harmonics generator, wavefolder, buccal style um, uh, harmonics generator. Um, and uh, so the, the challenge in the development of this was that I wanted something that did both. But in doing that, the module would have been gigantic. So then I looked at doing <laughs> one with subs and one with, with and, but then I realized there's actually additional control modules I want to build in the future. Um, and so this is where the number of complex oscillators I was going to end up wanting to make was too large, which is why we are where we are now, <laughs> where folks can just kind of create your own and I can continuously evolve what you can do with them over time uh, rather than have this kind of hard-coded thing um, that has that limited lifespan in your rack. So um, anyways, uh -huh. um, sorry about that. just wanted to give that kind of overall thing. So let's talk about Canyon. No, that's great. Yeah, I just want to say really quick, I don't know if we've made it clear that um, it's an either-or situation. So if you choose Canyon, that's your centerpiece. You can't use Canyon and Valley together as a in the, the complete system. Um, so yeah it's, yeah, it's one or the other, but you could, because they're standalone, you could get a Canyon and Valley and just have one of them be the centerpiece and then the other one just be its own module that you can incorporate. So. Yeah, yeah. So you get one, yeah, you get you get one thing that can do the controlling, and then up to three oscillators that you can connect in. Yeah. So uh, Canyon is kind of two sides um, of of a subharmonics generator. One side does all the even clock division. So you can think about a sub oscillator would be a divide by two, um, right? And so then you could have um, another sub which is down at you know, four, six, eight. So all those subdivisions are on one side of the module. Um, and then you have sub the, the odds subdivisions, which is where things get a little wonky um, when you start talking about taking <laughs> a third um, or a fifth or a seventh um, of, a, of a wave. Um, you end up um, with some weird math um, and some weird sounding stuff. <laughs> um, and so then uh, I generally find... Um, that um, one, you can use them both as kind of CV sources um, or mm -hmm. the even side I generally find sounds better as an audio source. And then you could also then use the odd side as a CV source. Um, each one of those sides can either be clockable from the same source. So either from oscillators one, two, or three. 
um, or you can um, uh, have the clock division or have the clock main clock for the system come uh, have the odds get one clock signal and the even side get another clock signal. Um, and then you can cross fade between those. So there is dedicated outs for the evens and odds um, uh, clocks, but then there's also a cross fade output as well, which is voltage controllable. Um, but you can uh, then cross fade between the evens and odd sides as well, which just, um, it's just a ton of fun. And I think it's something you kind of need to experience because um, I didn't really know <laughs> how this was going to work out. Um, but uh, then getting it and playing with it uh, really, um, there's just a lot of opportunities there uh, with all the different clock division options. Mm -hmm. Uh, and um, uh, from both an audio and modulation perspective. So, yeah. So if you if you have cascades, say clocking um, the the oscillator clocking uh, Canyon, but it's in LFO mode, then what's cool about Canyon is you actually can create like an uh, an eight step stepped voltage sequence coming out of it. Yeah, you can create you can Which create. A, a large number of steps too if you if you bring in the odd side right because once you get into that one one three five seven before you get repeating can be a long time uh some uh pretty big um and complicated step sequences and there's also the reset as well uh the intention behind that mm -hmm. being that you could integrate this in um with a reset signal from uh some external um sequencer or um, uh, external, uh, yeah, um, a, a, a external reset so that then you can have it be a bit more predictable of a pattern as well. So anyways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Super fun. I, I often, I've, I've described it a few times as we'd like using actually with, with either of the centerpiece modules, but, um, it's like, it's, it's the same kind of fun and wildness that you can get out of a Benjolin, but more musical it's like you can be more musical with it Benjolin is a little harder to to steer in that way like you can certainly get into very weird non-musical stuff with Coco but it's also like you can get weird but also keep it within the rails <laughs> yeah for sure yeah and that's what having that direct control kind of like what you'd get with the voltages expander which we don't actually sell we sell volts but the actual full eight uh eight eight level control, um, Turing machine expander. Um, mm -hmm. it would be very similar, uh, to having that, uh, as a, as an option. Um, but again, with mm -hmm. no shift register and, um, uh, around, around clock divisions rather than a shift register. So. Right. Right. Um, yeah. So let's talk about Valley now. So Valley is the upper harmonics generator. Um, so you get um, inputs coming in um, from oscillators one and two here as well. Um, and those um, uh, you can crossfade on the input. So you can use this as just a crossfade uh, between uh, uh, the two sine waves coming from one from oscillator one and one from oscillator two. And then that's what I call the fundamentals. Um, so that's, uh, on the, on the, you can then control, so you can control the mix between one and two. And then that mix is again, what I'm referring to as the fundamentals. Um, and then that goes into a wave folder section and then you can control how much of the fundamental versus wave folded, um, uh, signal 
go passes through to the output then. Um, mm -hmm. And so then within the wave folding section, um, you've got control over the order or the number of folds. Uh, and then you have control over uh, the odd harmonics versus even harmonics. Um, and I tend not to go into too much detail about odds and evens and about which is better <laughs> and about which sound because there's, there's, there's a lot of opinions there. Um, but what I picked <laughs> up out of all of that, all of, after reading all of it, all those thought pieces, if you will, um, is that there's a lot of folks <laughs> in a lot of different use cases for both of them. So I just included them both, um, which I thought was yeah. the right thing to do. Um, Oh, there was one other thing I was. Oh, and then um, oscillator three in the system. Then it, that module that's normaled into the order, right? So that was the one way to bring oscillators. So the reason for three oscillators, just to talk to that for a second, was thinking about kind of three note chords, um, having the ability mm -hmm. to support something like that. Uh, so I wanted to have that capability in there. Um, and, uh, but I realized it really wasn't helping much from a modulation perspective because of the cross modulation. And I thought doing something with a third module was kind of weird in most cases, but I figured out that putting it in as the order modulator actually made a ton of sense, especially if you're using modules one and two, the sound, uh, using modules one and two as sound sources, uh, that then using that third oscillator as a modulation source in that case made a ton of sense. That's the one place where I think, um, oscillator three comes in and I think brings, uh, brings some value in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that, yeah, I, I will say I mean... you can also, you can also use it on Canyon as the, as the clock, which is kind of the same idea as the order in a way. Anyways, right. um, but you can use it uh, there as well. Th those were the two places to bring it in uh, to modulate essentially on the on the uh, control module side. Yeah, this thing is is super fun. I remember when you first sent me home with with the full system, and it took me a while to wrap my head around it. Um, and I know it, it seems way more complicated than it is because of the all all the different options of switching stuff around and, and whatnot. But like once you wrap your head around it, it is a real treat to use. It blew my mind. Um yeah, yeah it's 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 so much fun. Yeah, I'm glad you're having having uh, fun with it. I, I I do agree that the one of the biggest challenges with it is understanding the neutral state. Right? It's like as soon as you figure <laughs> out how to get how to make the ship go straight. As soon as you can figure out how to turn <laughs> off all all the modulation, you have all your tracking turned off, right? You have like, and you know how to make the oscillators go straight ahead. Um, and you know how to get back to that home state. And I tried to make that as simple as possible to find and figure out. Mm -hmm. But I think that's kind of the key first step with the system is just get it doing the basic. Um, and then being able to start to figure out how to build on top of that. Um, and mm -hmm. then you can always go back to that clean slate. Um, I think um, just really, it really makes the, the system kind of come alive for folks at that point. Yeah. And I think also going back to like talking about how much I've learned just by working with you and, and working it after later, um, wrapping my head around this system has actually helped me understand um you know, modular synthesis that much better. So I think for people out there who are maybe like just getting started, um, this could be a really, really great way to explore all the different uh, concepts in modular and, and get some really rich sounds or CV sources out of it.
it does it's a lot of genius, all genius those... to be honest once i wrapped my head around it i was like jesus lenny you're i knew you were smart but this is like yeah this is this is i think i think this is this is a, a special a special thing i think this is one of as far as like the original designs go i think this thing is like you know the 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 showstopper as far as i'm concerned um with after later certainly yeah. glad to hear uh that it's been fun to use uh it was really fun to make it was a pain in the ass to manufacture uh i literally sent this thing out <laughs> for manufacturing uh 10 months ago uh and it was not part shortages i have no no part shortages to blame for this um but other um <laughs> manufacturing challenges shall we say uh that hit um yeah took, took these 10 months uh to resolve um and uh so it's really great to finally have this thing out there and available for folks uh i'm i'm excited to hear what people make yeah. of this because i i agree it is it is very much uh, brings you back to the foundations of uh, making music. Um, it doesn't do a lot of things for you, but it mm -hmm. makes it easy for you to do a lot of things, um, I think is the, the intent behind mm -hmm. it. Um, and um, I'm really looking forward to see what, you, uh, what folks come up with. Likewise. Well, we're, we're closing in towards the end here, and I know you've got stuff you need to do. Um, do you want to just, in closing, tell us about the – the remaining, uh, I guess, three modules that are also going to be released yeah. on Friday. <laughs> yeah, I can I can do a quick quick drive by on two and then go a little deeper on one. But um, uh, we moved uh -huh. um, uh, steps uh, into a one U format, uh, so that'll that'll be uh, announced um, as well as uh, oh, Tim. Help me. What was the what was the non clover leaf one? Uh, uh, three to one. Oh, the three to one, right? One so we did the three, three to one, one mixer. Yep, the one you three to one mixer, which I was able to make switchable from a one to one and uh one to three. Um, so in other words, Unity, um, or one third. So our three U what three to one mixer is hard coded at one third. Um, but we were able to get uh um uh, from a uh uh pcb perspective able to squeeze on the jumpers uh to make uh it controllable there so you, uh, i think we're shipping it by default as a one-to-one -one mixer but then you can just switch the jumpers on the back of the three-to-one mixer to get uh mm -hmm. one-third uh which is best for audio just to clarify for folks the one-third to one-third is typically best for audio sources so that then when you're mixing all three together um, you're not going to end up clipping. Um, or as if you're doing one-to-one -one mm -hmm. and you pass in three five-volt sources, you're going to end up clipping because you'll, you'll hit the hit the rails. Um, mm -hmm. And um, so then the last uh, one you is uh, Cloverleaf, um, which is, and all these are IntelliGel one you, none of them are available in Pulp Logic. Um, at this point, we still don't have uh, any plans on uh, Pulp Logic format panels. Um, but the uh, Cloverleaf um, is an audio jack interface um, and headphone amp. Uh, so the idea was I was trying to um, figure out how to really simplify um, and uh, make a super dense interface uh, that um, would get you to be able to interface line level, pedal level, as well as provide headphone um, uh, capability 
all in a in a very small footprint. I don't remember what the HP is, um, but it's probably somewhere around. Yeah, I want to say fourteen. Sixteen, maybe a cloverfield somewhere around there. Oh, I don't think it's that wide, is it? Clover, I keep calling it Cloverfield because I'm a huge fan <laughs> of that movie. Um, God damn it, so Cloverleaf. Cloverleaf is an intersection style, uh, in particular popular here in the Midwest. Mm. But um, the idea of this being the intersection of module, your modular rack and the external world uh, was the idea. And there's uh-huh. four four jacks, right, which is the four parts of the cloverleaf, typically uh, mm-hmm. the, the cloverleaf intersection. Anyways, um, so you get the ins and outs, the <laughs> thing that's really confusing about the module. Um, so it'll inter- it'll then make it so you can work with your quarter-inch jacks on the back of uh, your IntelliGel case or on the top of your IntelliGel case. Um, with the Palette 62 or Palette 64 um, uh, um, cases, there's only two jacks. Um, and so the back of the module will actually allow you to either configure that as an in and an out or two ins or two outs um, just by which, how you connect the ribbon cable um, onto the back of the module. Um, and uh, then again, you get a stereo headphone which you can convert to a mono headphone if you do, if you're using the module as a, as a pedal. Um, so one side of Cloverleaf, you can use the right side, I think it was, as um, a pedal interface. Um, there's no level controls on any of the ins and outs. The only level control is for the headphone. The idea being that you likely have mm. level controls on either side of this. So either your VCAs, um, you know, when you're right. going out, or whatever the thing is that's sending uh, sound in is going to have a level control. So I essentially omitted the level controls out to try to make the, the module a bit more dense um, and just make it about being an interface. Uh, the last thing I'll share on this is that mm-hmm. um, it is switchable from professional line level and consumer line level. Um, so there's jumpers on the back, uh, four mm-hmm. jumpers to convert uh, both sides of the in to you know, one, one jumper for each side, uh, left and right of the in and the out. So four total. Um, and, uh, the idea there being that, uh, it chips by default in professional mode. So if you're clipping, um, then you can just move it over into the consumer mode and it'll just lower the line level. Um, uh, I forget what the numbers are, but it's, it's just a few hundred millivolts in the difference. Uh, but I was just trying to avoid, again, having to do, um, having to do actual pots uh, to take up all that space. Well, that's an exciting bunch of stuff to announce. Um, it's been a lot of work preparing and, and gearing up for all this. But uh, yeah, I'll put a yeah, link in I, the show description. But is there anything that you wanted to shout from the modular mountaintops before we sign off? Um, I've, well, I did, did realize that we forgot one more module, which was Summon Invert, um, which is... Oh, of right. A, a uh, sibling module to go along with the Coco series. Um, but it's just essentially a two by two mixer. So two ins, two outs, um, where one of the outputs is inverted. And you get two channels of that uh, per, per module. So it's a small little two HP module. Um, but it was really around trying to be a three to one mixer, which it, it can do because there's the normaline. Um, so you can bring all three oscillators together um, uh, and sum them together. Um, or you can use it uh, to bring some inversion um, uh, for either cancellation or whatever you want to do uh, from a from an in- inversion perspective, uh, including quadrature uh, with the yeah um, with the cosine yeah, and with sine the, out on cascades. Yeah. 
exactly. Right. Um, anyways, um, but um, uh, that that was, I think, the, I think that's the last of the modules. We got more coming after this. Um, this is the first batch um, <laughs> and the first set that we're ready to announce. I wanted to announce the whole MIC line or the Mutable Instruments Classics line together so that folks realize that this was a commitment to, to do more than just these first three. In general, we don't uh -huh. like to announce before we have stuff um, sitting in the shop ready to to go because you never know when you're going to hit this 10 month issue like we did uh, mm -hmm. with the, with the Coco series. But right. um, uh, other than that, shouting from the mountaintops, um, uh, I really have the same thing to say. I think I said it in the last one of these, um, which is uh, just kind of, a, it's, it's thank you to um, uh, I, I think two main audiences, uh, one, the folks um, that have bought from us in the past, um, but then also um, the folks that uh, continue to offer us feedback and ideas and about how to how to grow as a company. Um, it's always great hearing that. Um, it's uh, uh, just been uh, really a pleasure uh, to be able to be part of this community um, and to be able to contribute in this way. Uh, never looking back five years ago, never would have thought we were going to be where we're at today. Uh, and the reason why we yeah. are is because of, because of all the support from, from all you folks. Um, so thank you very much for that. Uh, and looking forward uh, to wherever the next, next years take us. Likewise. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, and I, I I'll see you, I'll see you in the office. Uh, a week after next <laughs> yeah 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 uh, and enjoy your trip alright that's our episode thank you so much to Lenny not only for coming on the show but for my job that's a really fun job be on the lookout for the new Coco series and all the other awesome modules that we talked about today um, all 11 are releasing this Friday if you're listening to the show the week that it comes out uh, the 23rd of September. Also want to say thank you to Patchworks, our lovely scent shop here in Seattle, for their continued support of PodMod. Please visit them online at patchworks.com. That's patchworks.com. Also, thank you to Novation. Go check out the Circuit Rhythm. Link in the show description. Thank you to everybody who supports me on Patreon. If you would like to help keep the LEDs blinking over here at PodMod, please visit patreon.com forward slash podularmodcast. Again, link in the show description. And finally, don't forget about Waveform PDX, October 16th. It's going to be an all-day event, trade show, live podcast. I'm playing a show the night before at Inversion, uh, Inversion Waveform. Um, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, come down and hang out. And uh, if you want more information on that, check out the link in the show description. This week's secret word is Wizard Island. I'm going to Crater Lake, and I'm going to look at Wizard Island. I'm very excited. I might even, um, well, I'm definitely going to do this. Hopefully it, it, it bears good fruit, but I'm going to try to make another uh, uh, weird short film with the, uh, for the XPO like I did with Strega. Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, please visit my YouTube page and check out the, uh, the short absurd film series that I have there. Uh, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you to Make Noise for sending me the XPO. I can't wait to share more with you all about that. And until next week.